JoeBucksFan.com presents Bucks Game Day with Ozzy, the sports junkie. It's time to get your Start your Bucks Sunday with insight and outrage. Get your f- head out of your ass. It's a man All season at JoeBucksFan.com. Hey, this is Styles G. White, and I've never been so disappointed in my life. <laughs> Just play it. Hey, this is Styles G. White, former Buccaneer. You're listening to the Ozzy Sports Junkie on the Sports Junkie Radio Network. The crowd is gathered, and uh, well, you can feel it. There's an air of expectancy. The band's tuning up. That's Stretch right. it out. You don't want to pull a hammy, Jake. No. When you're off a couple weeks. Oh, hamstring? Oh, I did a. a oh, it could an be months, six weeks, two months. DL. Bro, uh, you hurt a finger, things can go wrong. Got a lot to talk about. Big, I fans about tuned up. Big, cr- right. big crowd. A hot crowd today. All right, we missed last week, uh, and I'm psyched. We got an hour's worth of uh, Ozzy and Jake with no host Bart. Take it away, pal. Ozzy the Sports Junkie back in the stately studios, the friendly confines, if you will, of the Sports Junkie Radio Network Empire. With myself, Ozzy the Sports Junkie, and my cohort in crime, the Dean, the Maven of local sports talk for over, well, a decade. I, as a young man, cut my teeth listening to Jake, the pillow underneath, just radio under my pillow, and now I get the privilege of hanging out with him once a week and venting all my frustrations in life. Jake, well, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. What were you doing under the covers? Were you uh, playing you with yourself? You want to know. I don't know. Something about Scotty Hayes' voice really got me all hot. Oh, God. And then, and then Steve Huggins would chime in with the with uh, the traffic, and it would just ruin it. Yeah, it was. Kind of like Ron Jeremy yeah. in any porn movie. When, the minute that bastard hits the screen, it's wah, wah. He can ruin any porn. How did he get a career in porn? I uh, had a decent-sized penis. I don't care. So do horses. <laughs> I'd rather see Mr. Ed do Marilyn Chambers in that thing. I am Mr. Ed. Jesus. At any rate. I got to tell you, today, it's... um. You're right on schedule, pretty much. Air conditioning is great. The TV's on. We're watching a ball game. Everything's good. I feel good. It's good to see you. you what, man? It's starting to come together. I like it all. Good oh. things happening to you with Joe Buck's fan. It's crazy, man. The Joe Buck fan connection just reaping big dividends two weeks in. All kinds of love I'm getting. Some hate, but I don't care as long as people listen. It's a work in progress, Jay. Look, Howard Cosell was probably the most hated guy on sports television, and he got the greatest ratings because people couldn't turn him off. Absolutely. And I'm going to, you know, I throw a different, an angle, a different spin on it because everybody has a different type uh, of presentation that they do. Some guys are, are X's and O's. Other people want a little more entertainment value, and that's what I give them. You're very unique because you can play both sides. You know the history, especially when we're talking about the Buccaneers, because that's what Joe Buck's fan is about, and that's what you're doing. Pre-game shows for the uh, Buccaneers, so you know your Buccaneers history. And they wanted, you, they wanted passion, and I'm bringing them passion. You bring passion. I can talk to you on the phone, and you can talk. Believe me, you know you can talk without anybody in a room to yourself for hours. Absolutely, and sometimes I do. Those are the best shows. My therapist is worthless. So I went to the doctor, Jake. My, my carpal tunnel is really starting to act up, and I, I, I haven't had it officially diagnosed. Well, you, you but play I said, guitar, of course. And I work with my left hand being left-handed, so, you know, 35 years is starting to catch up to me. You know what he says? 
You should see somebody for that. <laughs> yeah. I go, I'm seeing you, you bastard. <laughs> Boy, what a useless guy he is. And and that I mean, he couldn't have got out of the room fast enough, Jake. He goes, Well, that sucks. I'll see you. Good good talking to you. Like your show, you're on the radio. That's funny. It's good some but the but the beer jokes and everything. So long. So long. A bastard. <laughs> so what do you you're a guitarist. You need your guitar. Well, I know. You need to play. He told me that it's a it's a nerve problem. And it's true. The less you you just need to rest it. That's all you can do is well, rest it. Well, who did it. you see? A regular doctor? My, gotta, my general practitioner. You got to go to a specialist. Somebody who works with, you know, guys who do the arthroscopic surgeries for the I shoulder, know. hands. Having no insurance, I, that gets a little dicey. It's time for you and your lovely L Square to get married and have insurance. Oh, no. We're not ruining a good relationship by getting married. And if she gets a job that provides insurance, you're included in that. It's a win-win for you. Not, I don't know about her, but for you, it's great. I don't know. Anything involving me and her is not a win-win for her. That's true. Well, you, you didn't have to agree so fast, well, you bastard. No, well, you're a, you're a she, wonderful, absolutely wonderful human being. Well, she's more, she's 10 times the human being I am. I mean, it, literally, she, she'll pick up any animal and bring it in. I love her. Oh, my God. Those dogs walk around the house like... No, you have, you have a set of two yeah, dogs. Three. Three dogs. They Who are, do they follow more, you or your wife? Uh, it depends which one. Which, which person, which dog? Which dog. Okay. Because these two Pomeranians, they they will not leave her side. Yeah. If I could have a, a handful of fresh roast beef and they wouldn't come across the room for it because they will not leave her side. It's crazy how, how loyal dogs are. Oh, I, no question about it. My, do, I, my dogs are loyal to both of us, but my I have a 14, I'll put it quickly, a 14-year-old 14, a 14 and fi, two 15-months that are sister and brother. The 14-year-old had a brother, but he, we had to put him down a couple of years ago, so my wife gets the puppies then. Nice. The 14-year-old will follow. Of course, when she's not there, she'll be all over me. But as soon as Emma walks in, yes, she's with Emma. The two other ones, they can go with either one. It d depends on the moment. Generally, it's who feeds them or who gives them the most attention. Well, well then I, I would maybe that's why they kind of lean a little bit towards me when they're both. Because I am a attention hog, and those dogs are attention hogs, so we fit well together. I want to rub, and they want to be rubbed. I was going to say... Oh, you want to rub? Yeah, I, I love say, it with my dogs. The dogs lay on the couch to be rubbed, and you do too. So I, Emmett, Emmett yeah. has to pick one. No, they. I'm watching a ball game. It kind of calms me down because if I get excited, they'll start barking. Oh yeah. So it's better off that I hold all the, the. If I have a, if I'm in a bad mood, it kind of settles me down because I can't get upset because the dogs will go crazy. Well, not to go all dog talk, but what did you feed these dogs? Are you feeding them uh, dried well, food? Well, my wife. Because, uh, L squared gives these dogs too much wet, and it comes back and it screws up their insides. No, my, first of all, my, my wife cooks for the older dog, and will eventually for the young ones. But they have to have the proper nutrients as young dogs, puppies. Once they're up past that stage, and I'm not sure when that is, they'll be cooked for as well. My, my grandmother, wife, I think we talked about this once before. My grandmother did the exact same thing. She made a, like a meatloaf for the dog and cut him a slice every day. Well, it's with it, bran and it, what have you. It's ground meat. It's uh, it could be avocado, I think, spinach, a sweet potato. So the dogs, they really, especially the old one now. I mean, they've been eating. She's been eating like this for like six, seven years, and you can see the difference in the coats of skin. It's oh, absolutely fantastic. Um, I'll tell you another thing with the Pomeranians. I was shaped. They didn't get cut regularly. Until I started grooming them, cut a dog's hair, and it comes up thicker and thicker and more beautiful. And then I watched the little guy. Ooh, they got into a dead cow or something behind our house. You might talk about a stench. I thought one, a dead relative had crawled out of the grave, could come and look for me or something. It was a creep show. Well, do you wash it? Oh, we had to wash him. I mean, the smell was beyond yeah, death, beyond happens. the realms of death. Speaking of beyond the realms of horrific, 
preseason football gets worse every year. The first two Buccaneer games, Jake, if I didn't, if if I would have been allowed to do it. You would have killed yourself? I would have stabbed my fucking eyes out with a fork. <laughs> and I'm not, forgive me if I'm wrong, is Jameis Winston and company, and I don't mean to go Jameis Winston, let's say the offense and the defense are learning all new schemes, so it's new for everybody. Do you really think it's appropriate for one set of downs and you're out? I don't think so. I think they need all the practice they can get. Well, At least a quarter, for Christ's sake. Well, they're doing the practice in practice. I mean, they're running the drills the I whole thing. I and understand. And they're doing it against their defense. You know, look what happened to Avery Williamson for the New York Jets. Star linebacker last year. He was brought in as a free agent. Then they get Mosley this year from Baltimore. These guys were going to be the studs of the team. Avery plays the second quarter. He's the only starter on defense that was in the lineup in the second quarter. Ends up blowing out his knees, got an ACL tear. And that's what you have to watch for. But and that's why these guys play limited time. They're practicing. A lot of these guys know the system, so they and I understand the Buccaneers are in a little bit different position with two with two specifically new coaches with Arians and Bowles on the defensive side. I'm not sure who's running the offense for them. Do you know? Byron Leftwich. That's kind All of right. a bizarre situation that that Arians has been his own offensive coordinator and head coach. From his Indianapolis days to the Arizona days. He coached Peyton Manning in his rookie season. Absolutely, he did. And he brought in more the the uh, 80-year-old quarterback guru. So there's two different spins on that. They're, they're trying everything they can do to, to get Jameis to that next level. Or as the Joe Bucks fan had an angle, that they're covering all bases in case it goes south. They can say, hey, we had the best co- quarterback coach and the best head coach for him didn't get done I'm not saying they're planning that already. I think they're just giving every single opportunity for him to either hopefully succeed or if he doesn't get it done this year, he's gone. There's no way they bring him back for another $21 million look-see. Well, he's got a tough cookie as now the quarterback's coach or offense coordinator Byron Leftwich. And you got a, a, an Arians coach who coached uh, Peyton Manning, coached Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. The guy has the seeds to be an amazing help he's, to uh, to Winston. He's got the pedigree, doesn't he? No I doubt mean, about if it. Anybody, and, and absolutely, I, it was the best choice. It was, And that's the thing that, you know, GM Todd Light, Sure, he's got a his, his record is absolutely horrific, and he only got signed to a five year extension just because the Arians wanted his guy in place. It, it, you can't though. That, it, I'm it sorry. gives him it gives Arians in total control of all. They should have just made him GM then, but that's too much paper. You got to do all the bullshit contracts and what have you. That's right. I, I asked a question, and uh, you know he's back in the in the scene, and I know you know him well. Leo Haggerty has reared his head. Really? Leo is back with a vengeance. You watch any... Actually, I'm going to have him on the no, the next Joe Bucks fan podcast. Leo is back in Bucks camp, and I'm telling you, every third question is Leo. And coach, let me ask you something. Nah, yeah. He goes, he goes, he goes, help me out on this, coach. Would you split back that nickelback coverage? That's safety over the third. And you can see Harry's like, who the hell? This guy, by now, he's already... He knows who he is, and Leo's right up on his grill. Leo, man... Talk about a guy who just lives for the pigskin. He knows too much about football. Who is he? Wor- he was fanatical. Well, who does uh, he work for now? Well, he started. He was the, one of the founders of Buccaneer Magazine. Well, that, no, that was Pewter Report. But that, that was many, many was years ago. Was it Pewter Report? Was I Peter thought it was Report. Buccaneer Insider. It might have morphed into that. Maybe. But I know he was one of the first ones who started a Buccaneer. It was like a little newsletter he got in the mail. Because yeah. I used to get it. We had him on a weekly uh, show. Time. We had him on. as, And he was he was uh, he the, the from Pewter Report. The attractive young girl, Roseanne... Roxanne Wilder. Roxanne Wilder, who's, who's 
uh, ex-husband was uh, was a um, I think one of the first round picks for the uh, for the Raves as a pitcher. No kidding. Yeah, that's how she has the last name Wilder. Where's she doing now? I think she's in TV. Some she's in Orlando doing something. She's, yeah, she still looks beautiful. Tra- I can't say the same for Leo. Really sweet girl too. I heard his voice and I called uh, my buddy Lee, one of the Joes. I go, I go, is that is that Leo Haggerty? I guess it's sure. I go, you cannot mistake that chainsaw yeah. voice. Catching off, day. I'm trying to get that safety bag in a nickel package. I mean, he's talking more football than Arians is. But I'll do. I'll tell you this though, Jake, and maybe it's my Buccaneer colored glasses, my pewter shaded uh, frames. Guys have a little bit more of an upbeat attitude being interviewed. You've seen a little bit more pop, not necessarily on the field, but in practice. It seems to me like the guys are buying into it. You can hope. You can only hope. Well, well, he's got the record. It, they're going to be gone. He's got the record. When you look back at his career, and I can go through a, a litany of stuff that he's done, but sure. what we talked about, Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and Andrew Luck, what he did for Indianapolis when Pagano went down with the, what do you have? Uh, cancer. Uh, cancer. He's down. He comes in. He goes 9-3 and three for them, and he makes he ends up winning the coach of the year, even though Pagano came back the last couple weeks of the season. Then he goes out to the desert. He's the hot assistant coach. Who gets the big job the next year? There's always one. He takes a what a four and twelve or something like that. Some yeah. three and thirteen. And ten and six to the NFC Championship game a year later. Yeah. The Cardinals. No, he's he. he so look, if, if the, I think it was the best, absolutely the best guy available. And he's a, he's a, as we've talked about before on our show. He is a good character, a good person, a, uh, a fun listen to you. I know you didn't remember hearing him doing the uh, color commentary commentary on on NFL. But I thought he was just a good guy. I mean, he was funny. And he knew the insides of the stories because he was there. He made a great comment after the first game of Pittsburgh. Those second halves are just brutal because, yeah, honestly, Jake, there's not one. Maybe they're looking at one player. By the fourth quarter, they got it down to maybe there's two guys on the field that might even make the roster. So it's, it's basically a complete waste of everyone's time. Poor uh, Ryan Griffin. This guy got drafted in 2013, Jake. It's six years later, he's still never taken a snap in an NFL game. He's got more. He has a career of preseason football under his belt. He plays three quarters every game. What, is he on a taxi squad or anything? Yeah, he's been on the Bucks for All three right. seasons. So he's making some money. He's ma- I think he's making a million dollars a year. That's impossible. Look up the practice squad Buccaneer players. I guarantee it's in the highest. No, it's me. To you eight. look it up. All right. Don't I, get all chippy I, over I, here. Jesus. You're trying to get some kind of semblance of normalcy in here. But at any rate... Let me, uh, let me, just getting back to the players that are playing in the fourth quarter. Okay. For one thing you have to realize, and this is why starters don't play at all uh, uh, during the preseason, the four quarters, because of injuries, because these guys are nutcases. They're out there to show you what they can do. So they're playing, you know, full steam ahead, nonstop, right until you knock your heads off. These guys are also auditioning for other teams because if somebody cuts a player, somebody gets injured, they're hopeful they're picked up. Well, that's, what, that's the, kind of the point I was making uh, Ryan Griffin, he has 85,000 hours of game film on him because he quarterbacks three three quarters for the last decade of, well, five years of Buccaneer football. His fifth year. You ever heard of a guy five years on a practice squad? It's, isn't it minor league baseball you can only hold a guy two years to one uh, 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 to one level? Honestly, I re- really don't pay attention to the taxi squad. There's nothing, as a Jet fan, there's taxi nothing. Squad. I don't look, Yeah, I don't look back and see who's sitting there waiting to come up for the Jets. If, they, if, if somehow somebody gets injured, they bring them up, they let me know on TV. How about this, Jake? Or the post. And that's, to get back to Arians quickly, he, he even said, good coach, you think about doing this and doing that to get the, get the tie there. Get, the first game, he goes, no, we weren't. We want to get the hell off the field. Three and a half hours is enough for anybody. 
and that's a point that I have. All right, you get Winston and company and the first squad in there for one set of downs. What happens, Jake? Come opening day when it's, you know, it's about 120 on the field, feels like temperature, 98% humidity. And these guys, the football game is an hour long by clock. You know as well as I do, it's a good three and a half hour grind out there. You're on the field for three and a half hours. So now comes the fourth quarter. Well, do the right You haven't been out there. You haven't done practices. Don't last three and a half hours. You're sucking wind. You know what I'm saying? Get them ready for that first game of three and a half hour grind. Well, first of all, it's, it, I probably the NFL is three to three ten. No, I'm three and a, unless they go overtime. It's three ten. That's why they have a situation. That's a grind. Four to seven. Or one to four or four thirty, and that's it's after three hours. I don't care if it's two and a half or three hours or three and a half hours. Those linemen are sucking wind. Well, and again, every game is different. If you're an offensive player, it's like hockey. If you're on the offensive grind and you're going at it, defense is going to get tired. Same thing with offense. You want to wear down the defense. Defense, your team's defense is getting rest, so they're fresh in the fourth quarter. Maybe they've only you know gone up against 35 plays. If your defense plays good, you get them off the field and the offense moves the ball, you're going to be sitting down for a while. You look at That's what you got to look at. When I look at the end of the game, I'm looking at first downs, controlling the clock. I'm looking at the clock and I'm looking at how many plays the team had. If, if an offensive team goes 75 plays during the course of a game, most likely they're going to score some points. You've been around here long enough that the big theory is, well, the Bucks are going to get them in here in, in uh, September. Just sweat them out, man. They, are gonna, they won't know what hit them. I, in theory, how come they, they've been a way underperforming opening day team? I mean, their record, career record is, is laughable through the 80s and 90s. And then the, the last decade has been just pretty much just shitty football. So well, well, that, that doesn't really hold water to me that you get a team from the north to come down here because they get their asses kicked a lot of times opening day in their own stadium. Well, unless you're practicing indoors, it's summer all over. You go to New York, the Jets sure. and the Giants, if they're not practicing indoors, it's, it's 90 degrees and humid. They're playing and practicing, and the games are, again, unless you're playing indoors, the preseason games are outdoors. So you're getting acclimated to the weather, so it's not going to affect them as much as you think it would. I, get, I think the Buccaneers and the fans who think like that are being incredibly ignorant. Is that a shot at me? Well, if you think that teams that come down there aren't prepared to play in the heat, they just came out of the summer. It's still the summer in most places in September. So, again, unless you're practicing indoors, and I, I guess most teams, even if they have the indoor facilities, are going to go outdoors because they're going to play teams that have played you know, the preseason outdoors and have become accustomed to the sweat and the heat so yeah I, I think every team is acclimated and ready to play outdoors in the heat in the beginning of the season strong words from on jake jacobs it's the same thing would you say the buccaneers who play in a warm weather city or a warm weather state most of the teams they play the falcons and the saints play indoors so when they go up north in november december is it going to affect them that they're playing in the cold when they're not accustomed to it would you think yes you would think so. You would remember that the uh, for for years, along with the kickoff return number, the the wind below thirty two degrees was like twenty five years. Yeah. They never won a game. That's right. They finally broke both of those. Well, it's it, going to happen eventually. So there's there is some uh, there is some optimism around the national media. I think it was Ron Pitts or somebody came out and said they expect the Buccaneers to maybe surprise some people in the NFC. There's a lot of here's the two here's the two variables that are going to uh, dictate whether they can move the ball or not. Alex Kappa is going to start on that offensive line. Ali Marpet on the other. The two guards there, the tackles, boy. I saw some video of, of uh, 
poor Donovan Smith, he's just getting smoked over their left tackle. That's that's a position that they really should have addressed, man. Because when you got a quarterback with the issues already, to not have a good left tackle, that's deadly. Well, I say waiver wire when the, when teams start letting guys go. You got it. They're going to go dumpster diving. You got to look. So that's a B. Rojo Jones, if he can run the ball like he looks so far in camp, that could be a huge benefit to Winston that he take all the pressure off him of throwing the ball, leading to my third topic. He's got so many targets between Evans, Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cam Brate. He's got some Perryman, the the guy from Green Bay. There's no excuses. He's got big targets to throw to. And I got to tell you, this being, is this Howard's third year now? O.J. Howard's third season. Uh, this, look, Break this guy, first-round pick from Break the Buccaneers. Unbelievable tight end coming out of Alabama. Had all the speed, the hands, and all that. It's time he lived up to the pick. I couldn't agree more. It's time he lived up to the pick. He was injured last year. So he, let's if he could stay healthy this year, he's a guy that should be qu- catching, you know, 10 touchdowns a year. Oh, you and that size? I, and the bottom line is he should be catching 75, 80 catches as well. How about this? Cam Brait, second only to Gronkowski good in player. touchdowns with tight ends the last uh, five years. So what do you do? Well, you could you could line up both. You know, I asked Fernandez when they when they drafted O.J. Howard, the skinny was this. Oh, now they can use a two tight end set and run the ball like the P- Patriots do. He says, when did that ever happen? He's never even seen that happen. And I've never seen both tight ends on the field at the same time. Maybe a short a yardage situation. When would you have two tight ends on the line of scrimmage? It happens. For blocking purposes. Yeah, you would think that's the normalcy, but no, there are teams that have such great... I mean, some of these guys are so big, but they play like wide receivers. Another thing Arians does, I didn't notice, it's pointed out by Rondé Barber, Chris Godwin coming along, and when a receiver's out of the play, he's got him coming to the line of scrimmage and blocking. Good. Could, I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you use every player on the field? You know my theory, that kid, the backup quarterback on a... The New Orleans Saints, whose name is Casey. He's a quarterback, now, punt returner, Bridgewater. kicker, no, wide receiver. Bridgewater. Isn't Teddy Bridgewater the backup now? He's the, the backup. This guy's the third string quarterback. Third string. He's number seven. You're right. White guy. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember his name either. I can't oh, either, but he may be my favorite player in the everybody league. Everybody loves him. He's a kick returner, triple, third string quarterback, wide receiver, yeah. uh, special Pro- teams guy, probably punter, long snapper. Long snapper. <laughs> he does like 18 I things. Know. Yeah. And why wouldn't you do that? The, the Buccaneers, this Agawi kid, the. Uh, Third-string running back, also a defensive back. Why wouldn't you utilize everyone's talents? The only thing I would say with with the Saints is they probably overuse him at quarterback for Drew Brees. And I know the fact that he's such... He can run the ball, he can hand it off, and I'm sure he can throw short passes. But when you got a guy like Drew Brees, he's like a Tom Brady. The guy has not to me, lost a step. Every single year, you know he's going to throw for 40,000 yards, 4,000 yards. He's going to throw his 30-plus 30, 30 touchdowns, and he's going to limit his interceptions. He's a phenomenal quarterback. So what? why wouldn't you use him? Sometimes they bring him in like third and five. I'm thinking, why are they bringing this guy in when you got a Hall of Famer and Drew Brees back there? I just think they sometimes over or overabuse the guy. It seems to be gadget plays. I know in the playoffs a couple of times they'd wind up Breeze at wide receiver and run a quick uh, they'd run this guy in quickly and try to throw the defense off a little bit. And Sean Payne's a weird dude. People forget he was suspended for a whole freaking year for that. that, that well we got the we got the, gate. we got the defense coordinator on the Jets, Greg Williams, who was a part of that. That's right. And I love it. was banned it. for life. I love it because look I I'm not into the injuring. I, I really, that's probably why I didn't play football because I knew there, I knew friends who played who were maniacs. 
they played, and I didn't want to get hit by them. Hell no. No, I mean, these football players are nuts. Hockey players are nuts. Oh, man, imagine what would be worse. Here's, I think I posed it to you, but it bears repeating. What would you rather do? Line up at defense in an NHL game where you're just going to get slammed or return a punt in the NFL? <laughs> I think it's it's all insane. But if you're telling me that... I mean, come on. you got to balls of steel to do either. There is a reason why these guys hit you the way they do and then celebrate to the crowd. They're out to hurt you. Maybe not intentionally, intentionally, but they want you to see stars. Absolutely, and that's what the double... The double-edged sword, if it were, kind of redundancy of the NFL. They try to safety, safety, safety the players. On the other hand, they're releasing DVDs, NFL's greatest smash-mouth hits. It's So and it's kind of a double standard. Running backs are much better off than a receiver because a running back gets the ball, and normally he knows when he's about to get hit. Occasionally, you're blindsided. You get, you're, you're upfield. You don't see anybody. You think you're free, and somebody comes from nowhere and clocks you. But a receiver has to catch the ball. Sometimes there's players surrounding him. Sometimes there's players coming from the back and from the side. And you know when you're going to get catch the ball, you're about to get clocked. But you never know exactly where they're going to hit you and if it's going to be a solo hit or if there's going to be two or three guys simultaneously. It is, to me, insane that anybody would want to play wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, my God. You had a balls of steel. There was a Cardinals-Raiders game was on last Thursday night. First off, I don't know about that quarterback for the the uh, Cardinals that they sold their whole soul for. This guy looks like he's he looks like he's about four talking, foot nine. Uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Murray, yeah, the number one pick in the draft. He does I, not look like a pro I, quarterback. I know he's got speed for days, but they had a wide receiver, uh, Jake, who looked literally like a ball boy. He junior high didn't even look like a high school player. God bless him, he got a touchdown. He probably I'm sure he won't make the team, but. A Kyler, Kyle Murray, who no one even was talking about getting drafted because he had an Oakland A's deal already in place. Lo and behold, all the media got behind him and he won the Heisman. Well, what's his, who's and he? I like uh, Josh Rosen came in against the second, he came in in the second quarter and he he had a little shaky start against the Bucks, but boy, he turned it on in the third quarter. Well, it's I guess it's going to be Fitzpatrick or Rosen playing quarterback. Maybe they let uh, Rosen learn a little bit under Fitzpatrick, which is a good guy to, sure. uh, who's been around forever, including the Buccaneers and the Jets. And with Blaine Gabbert, to close out the Buccaneers offense, I think Blaine Gabbert's good to go. I think he's a, a bigger version of Fitzpatrick if, if the inevitable happens. I don't know how bad Winston would have to be to get benched, but he is, there's always a chance of an injury. So... They'll carry two quarterbacks. Griffin, one more time, will be on the uh, practice squad, available if needed. But it's it's Winston and Gabbert. And on the defensive side of the ball, to close the Buccaneers out, Jake, with Vita Vey out, he might not be out for opening day. It looked good. It could have been bad. A lot worse, obviously. There's $18 million. I did the math. There's $18 million in defensive linemen on that team who don't start. And that is appalling. All right, so let's bring let's go back to this area of Jason Light, which we found out last week. He signed the contract in January, five year extension. He's been with the team since two thousand fourteen. Yeah, what a record! <coughs> Excuse me, his record sucks. His draft picks have been marginal at best, and to sign him to a five year contract, I know you said it's it all comes with the Arians deal and their relationship, where Arians basically will run the team. But still, I don't. I, I you know what you need. Every team, you need 
it starts from the top with your general manager hires yourself himself uh, a, you know a coach for the team the coach for the team then hires himself assistant coaches and so on and so forth that's what makes a great organization if you're going to rely upon Arians to really be your GM well Light sits up at the top here with an additional five years to his contract after doing nothing do you think that's a wise move for them I don't the day of the coach GM is over because nobody can handle that. Nobody can handle that you kind can't. of book work. No. And, you and, can't be a capologist and deal with players by signing them to contracts as well. Absolutely, because then you're on the field thinking as a GM, not as a coach. I can't afford this guy, but I can keep him. And then choose those two if I get rid of that guy. You can't think and like if that. if you're a general manager, you want input from your coach because he's the one who sees him every single day in practice, knows what he's like in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. I have a question, and I posed it to Leo Haggerty, and I'm going to pose it to him on the Joe Bucks Band podcast. I'll pose it to you now. The player, the chief operator of football operations and director of player development for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the probably, I mean, the, if there's been a finger you could point to, it's development of players. They don't do it. They get all these draft picks and they never star. They never pan out. Isn't that what player development is? It's Sheldon Quarles. I asked Leo, I said, how come his never, he's the president of football operations. His name flies way under the radar. I said, is that like a ceremonial uh, job? Is that just, does he even show up for the work every day? Or is that just like a giving the keys to the city? Is that an honorary title? He has no pull. If, if anybody was to get fired at that, it ought to be the president or the football operations chief, and he's developing no players whatsoever, which then he hires the scouts. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it Light who hires the scouts and the player personnel director, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know. I don't know. He said, well, the answer Leo gave us is he's got a seat at the table, but he probably doesn't say much. Shelton Qualls was a fun player for he the Buccaneers. He was a fun player, and it, it, that's what I was wondering. A is hard they, did they just throw him a bone? Is All right, you can be a player, a development and research of, uh, you know, the uh, honorary title. I would hope not. You want somebody that actually, forget the fact that he had oh, talent. I, I, I you ass- want somebody who can recognize talent and bring the best out of somebody. And I assume they're paying him. I mean, he's not yeah. just coming in working for nothing. So, how about... I just think it's funny that the president of football operations and player development, they just fly right under the radar. Look, the GM's an easy target, and when it's light, I mean, they're every single, he's had so many misses on draft picks. So the only free agent that worked out was JPP, and then he breaks his neck. So a lot of it is not his fault. Some of it is his fault. He's got 20 wins and almost 70 losses. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrific. It's horrific. It's a 10-year record of shitty hires. Shitty draft picks, shitty free agents, and, that, and, and shitty football. And that's where it starts at the top. Now and he must be laughing his ass off. Crossing his fingers, and that if he's religious, goes to church every Sunday if he can before the game or Saturday or whenever he can, and prays that Arians fixes things. Do you think that, like players, I don't think uh, contracts for the uh, the uh, general manager, they're not, uh, are they, they're not, uh, they're guaranteed, I should say, they can't cut him and then owe him nothing. I don't know if there's a buyout, maybe. Probably. I have, so I have no gotta be idea. has got to be a buyout, but not really. When they fire a coach, they got to pay his ass for three years. Yeah, or they have a buyout as well. I thought it was very odd the thing happened in January and just leaked now. Eight months, somebody's sitting on that. They were scared. And Arian the- said, uh, Arian's quote was, surprised it took you guys so long to find out. That's, I, that's mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. How, that... That wouldn't be... See, it, living in New York and living as and as an athlete... And his sports paper in New York, if they found that out, that would be it. They, every newspaper in New York, the Post, the Daily News, the New York Times, they would be the, the um, well, what's Bold the Bold block letters. They're killing. 
killing the organization. They oh kill him anyway. God, they'd be. I mean, what was, the f? I mean, I can see the headline. Are you? Sh- I mean, the, the Post would just have a, a field day with it. Maybe that's what we need. A shocking tabloid paper in Tampa. I, I will tell you one thing, especially when it comes to New York papers, which I've read my whole life and still do on the websites. I, they are so hypocritical because they would praise somebody to the umpt, and then when they fall apart, it's like they never praised them. All of a sudden, they just suck, and they're the worst <laughs> and get rid of them. Or it's vice versa. They could suck. And they become great, and they forget how much they bashed them when they were bad. Right. I see the same thing here. I see that every Bucks coach hired, oh, I think Lovey Smith, that's a great move to bring back a dungy guy. What a great move for their organization right. to get away from these guys. They had a, a, a young guy in, in Ra-Ra. They had the hard-ass Shiano. That didn't work. Let's get back to the basics what worked. We're bringing in Dungy's guy. And he was brain dead. One and out. One and done. They were, what, two and 14? Amazing. And, I mean, he isn't. I don't know what happened to Lovey. He had the Bears in the Super Bowl, and he's gone straight into the crapper since then. I mean, yeah, doing oh, a great job at uh, the Fighting Illini oh in Illinois. He's, he got beat sixty-eight I, nothing by Kent State. It was a worse killing than four dead in Ohio. It's absolutely where Illinois was a reasonably good program for the yeah, Big Ten. I mean, reasonably they were, they had their years. The Fighting Illini, yeah. a, a a classic Big Ten uh, school. And not an embarrassment that ought to be getting blown out by Kent State. It's, it's unbelievable. And I, I got to be honest talking about that. I am so psyched. College football. Oh, what a, no. I cannot believe. This is great. But, you know, with teams not, you know, most of the good teams or at least higher ranked teams are going to play crappy teams to open up the season because it's their exhibition game kind of. And I know they have spring games and all that. But the bottom line is to have. Florida, Miami, and yes, Florida's ranked a lot higher than Miami, but to have two rival state teams like this in the lone game on Saturday night at 7 o'clock on ESPN to me is phenomenal. Oh. I love it. Gators and Canes hook up, they'll dance. Seven and a half point spread in favor of Florida playing in Orlando. Oh, it's on, I did not know that. Yeah. A neutral field. Yep. Wow, that'll be fun. I haven't done any research whatsoever on that. I haven't None even whatsoever. looked at it. All I know is I'm not a fan of either team. I love Florida State, love USF, like UCF. I don't like Florida. I don't like Miami, but I am going for Miami in this game. Well, what you want to do is parlay that with your mop-up game start at 1030. Arizona, yeah, Hawaii. That's, that's the the Warriors out west. They, the Arizona. Well, they're both west. Where, where are they playing, Hawaii or Arizona? They're way out west. They're in Hawaii? Hawaii. Take Hawaii. What's the line? It is Arizona minus 11. I'm telling you, They've take They've got to Hawaii. cover 11 points in the island of Kawakikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikik
I lost track of the Gators. They had Mushcamp, then Mushcamp got fired. They hired some other asshole who then got caught up in a well, scandal. Who the hell's their coach? I mean, that's a really intelligent. No, he's tank. a big. Who is the coach now? Um, right, right. Galen Hall the third. No, Galen Hall. My mom's husband was roommates with Galen at, P- at Penn State. Uh, I gotta now Google. I don't this make stuff. this shit up. Florida. Gators. I didn't know that it was this weekend. I thought we had a week to prepare for college. I've been so pro and uh, consumed. You know, it's it's like anything else. Even though I'm psyched for football, it still hasn't hit me. So I do forget have a tendency to forget coaches' names right now. Sure. Not for my team, well, my, but for other teams. It. Florida football used to be head and shoulders the best in the country, and it's not anymore. The Gators, Seminoles, and Hurricanes were always in the top ten. They haven't been yes, for years. you're right. They've been a joke. Central Florida's been a powerhouse. USF has been more prominent than the Gators or the Hurricanes. And I think it's time to turn it around. I don't understand how the, how the Gators, national champions, always in the top five, Fell down so low. Dan Mullen. Dan Gators, Mullen. Oh, the former Mississippi State, he was Tebow's coach. He is, he's very good, especially as an offensive mind. I think that was a very good hire. All the other ones, you know. Well, they come into the season number eight, so they can't be too bad. Now, Dan Mullen's had a good year last year. A couple of crappy games. I think, what were they, 9-3, and three, something like that? But I think he'll be a good coach for them. Now, who took over for, um, for Miami now with the quick, uh, the one and done? I think it was... Uh, Don Shula the third. Oh shush! Okay. <laughs> How long before uh, you know he's going to make a play for it? He's he's just setting, waiting for the the best job to become available, and that would be former Tennessee and Raider coach, who's now down at FAU, everybody's favorite. Oh, you're talking Lane about yeah. Well, oh, Lane... you think he's going to stay there for the rest of his career? No, he's absolutely not. He's waiting for the number one job, and he, you know, who he loved to coach anybody. In the SEC, where you get butt heads with Nick Saban, because I guess they hated each other. All right, let me let me ask you this: Do you know who Manny Diaz is? I know Manny Trio and Bo Diaz, but no, you don't know who Manny Diaz is. Was he a center fielder on the old? No, he's the Miami Hurricanes head football coach. Manny Diaz. That's how where much they, we know. Who? Where do they play? They play at the old Joe Robbie, now Hard Rock. Uh, Correct, they do. No, I'm I'm just. So why don't they play inside? Why can't they use that, the, the old stadium site and play where the, Dar- the Marlins play? Give the fans a break. Um, that's not. You know what? I wonder why they don't play any games there. It's a huge stadium. It's beautiful. No, it's not. It, it only seats like thirty, thirty-five thousand. Have you been there? Yeah, Is a couple it cool? of times. It's it's contemporary. It's 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 to me though. It, it's got a staleness. Not just because they don't get a lot of fans there. There's just something stale. It's too clean. It looks like a contemporary stadium. I want to go to a ballpark. If you, I, I know you've never been out to Seattle, the old Safeco Field. Right. Now, that's a retractable roof, just like it is in Miami. But that has a feel like City Field and I all can, the old stadiums. Oh, the Safeco Field. It's, I can feel it over the set. It's beautiful. The, the brick outside, the inside looks like a the baseball stadium. The train's running right next to the stadium. No, it's, it's, it, it is a wonderful stadium. And they built it like in Miami, like a contemporary, and it's stale in there. Put it, build it like a real stadium, like an old-fashioned Ebbets Field, like the Mets did with City Field, right. like Turner Field, like Safeco. If you look at all these new stadiums, they have an old stadium feel, but they're new. I don't that, want that's contemporary. A that's an old Cuban neighborhood. You could have a lot of flavor there. I, I, you know what I'm saying? They could build some restaurants and clubs around. I guarantee there's shit around there. 
it's, nothing. It's, it's nothing. You're right. It's gas stations and, and convenience stores and kind of like um, there's nothing. maybe a, a higher level at Tampa Bay, but kind of like Tampa Bay where you have that people are parking near other people's houses and on their yards and they're paying them five or ten bucks. And there's no way out for them. There's, there's no talk of them moving to Montreal. It's they're all, done. It's all streets. It's all streets. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a stadium in, in, in the middle of a street. <laughs> Well, the streets, streets have no... Did you ever go to the old uh, Orange Bowl? I mean, I, I passed it, but no, I, I would have loved to see the game. Oh, there. I remember back in 1992, I think it was. A Tommy Frazier-led Cornhusker team. No, I didn't go to the game. My buddy Tracy, my singer in my band, was there. He got free tickets to some... Some at the last minute got free tickets and saw the Cornhuskers win the national championship. They were always in it. What happened to them? Speaking of Big Ten uh, disappointment, Nebraska. My God. Well, you got to give Scott now uh, a little um, a little leeway. There, last year was his first year. They were getting killed early in the season. As the season progressed, they got a little bit better. We'll see if you- Scott Frost, you know, does the job there. Look what a great job he did. He was an offensive genius. True. With UCF. True. Three teams that have fallen off the face of the goddamn earth. Tennessee Volunteers with Phil Fulmer. They used to be in the top five every single year. They're lucky to make the top twenty-five. Who did I just we just mentioned? Oh, Nebraska, a perennial powerhouse. Yep. And I'd say Miami. Miami's taking a huge. T- so they started to get a little bit back well, up there. You, you thought with Mark Richt, his alma mater, coming from Georgia, and again, Georgia never reached the levels, you know, winning a championship or championship game, but they were a good, solid SEC team. Right. So I think Miami did the right job, uh, right decision, bringing Mark Richt in there. But he lasts one year and decides to retire. What was that? What's up with that? I thought that was his dream job. It was. Jesus, I like Mark Rick. I thought he would have done would have done well there. You know, they say he was he was the reversal of uh, of uh, who we were just talking about that Scott Frost, where it started slow and went big. He started off with Miami, Mark Rick, doing well, and then as the season progressed, it got worse and worse. So Manny Diaz, I don't know where he's from. I don't know if he was part of the staff that Mark Rick had. But the bottom line is big question marks, and that may, maybe I'm thinking maybe I should go with Florida and Dan Mullen. I think he took over for Larry Coker Jr. because they brought in. They said, "Larry, it's not working out. Can you take a seat there? Because we won't talk to you." Let me, let me find out. That was uh, the parting uh, words. For I, I am big with going on the over under with over. I think I told you this last year when we were when we started doing the podcast of No Holds Barred with right. Ozzy and Jake back in November. That in college football, no line is ever too high. If you see a total combined score is 75 that means the teams score a lot that means if you score a lot you're going to probably score a lot against the team that scores a lot which means there's going to be a lot of scoring it is you know how many times have we seen in college football 55 50 and then when you go overtime it adds to it because overtime can go on and, on and on. on and on and on and on so i'm a big fan of over i thought you had a theory on uh oh that was my theory first half and pull in bowl games first half under second half over just it, do it, it for every game. It's much more reasonable to think that way if you want to do a split. But if you want to just go with the over for the game, you know. I mean, I've been in games where teams were, you know, the over-under was 70 points and it was maybe 20 to 20 in the, going into the fourth quarter and all hell breaks loose. What do you think is going to be a little more uh, ready for game day speed? The offense or defense? Offense? Light it up? Yes. I don't know the defense on either team. To be honest, I thought we were like three weeks away. That's how busy I've been. It's great. And you and I have had this conversation before. You don't really have a go-to college team, do you? Well, I, I got to be honest. When I, I was one of the few New Yorkers of my friends who are all sports fanatics. Sure. They, 
but I'm the only one, even at a young age, at 12, 13 years old, on Saturdays, I was watching college football. Yes, it was limited as far as the networks, but there was always a big game on. Whether it was Alabama, was Oklahoma, Nebraska, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, UCLA, Penn State. There was always big football games on. I absolutely loved it. Coming down here, I was kind of a Florida State fan in New York. Right. And I hated Miami. So coming down here to kind of gravitate to Florida State was an easy process for me. So, yes, I do. I don't I might not live and die with them, but I want them to win. And I am pissed off usually if they lose. Last year was a travesty. What happened there? I love my Notre Dame fighting Irish through the Lou Holtz era, but they've let me down so many times. A lot of times betting. I'll never bet another nickel on Notre Dame. They kill me every single time. But if I had a go to team, it would be the fighting Irish. Just for the pomp and circumstance, and there's nothing beats a one o'clock kickoff on a Saturday afternoon with our bu- our good buddy Bob Trumpy, Don Cricky still on hold. Bob Trumpy. I think that Don Cricky might be uh he's taking a, a, a sabbatical. I'm not worried. I am worried about his health. Well, of course we're all worried about we're gonna, his health. I'm going to make Don Cricky happen. But more I, than more importantly than that, we're going to make uh, Kenny Albert because Jerry Coleman will be in town next week. I, I'll I'll tell you this going back to the uh, to the Fighting Irish. As a kid, and I brought up the teams that we were talking about, Notre Dame was certainly one of the top-tier teams, and I loved Eric Parsegan. I can't tell you why, but when he left the program and retired and went to uh, broadcasting, color commentating, I hated the Irish. I end up, so there were three teams I despise more than I love every other team. I want to see the Gators lose every week. I want to see Ohio State lose every week, and I want to see the Fighting Irish lose every week. God, you're just spiteful. It's pure hate. You know what the best part about Notre Dame football is? <clears throat> oh, let me tell you about Lindsey Nelson and these fighting Irish are going to head out of the tunnel today, led by young Jake Jacobson. Wait, the that sounds two, like Jackson. The 6'2 sophomore. Long Island State University. But transferred down to Florida, you see, but Lindsey Nelson along with you, along with Jake Jacobson. Wait, Jake's on the field for this exciting edition. I don't know why I have a southern accent. I guess it's all that time spent in the south. So it's a little Keith Jackson and a little Lindsey Nelson along the Fighting Irish. Noted, where's Don Cricky? I thought Cricky was relieving me. I've heard he's taken ill. Take a break. I got to I gotta regroup on the red. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish radio network. This is why you listen to No Holds Barred with Ozzy and Jake for this See, it's, it's character. Pre- it's preseason for me, too, because I don't have my Lindsey Nelson. All right. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, that was all Jack, Keith Jackson. I, there was a little Lindsey Nelson no, in there. There was no Lindsey. Please. I'm telling you. Well, I grew up listening to Lindsey. So he, was, he was the that original. The, the oh my was a little. I, I Jacksoned it too much. Lindsay, I Jacksoned off. Lindsey Nelson was the original broadcaster with Ralph Kahn and Bob Murphy for the New York Mets for so long until he passed away. So there. Now the Miami game. The uh, the over under team. This is unbelievable. Is forty seven. Wow. I would think you got to go with the over. Absolutely, it could be forty seven at halftime, twenty seven twenty, unless the Gators have a great defense. I won't even touch the spread on that. I might just go over on that and tease up. Uh, well, you can Lord, tease te- down the points on the over under as well. You can go over forty one. You can bring it down six yeah, points kill- as well. That kills your payoff. Uh, I want a full. I want a full payoff. No, well, your full payoff is if both teams win. I know, but you, when you buy those points, you, you got you get less of a. Uh, no, you don't buy it. It's called a teaser. I know it, but you got to. It, no. it alters your bet. 
No, it, it well, it just, you, mean no? you just have to win both games, but you get six points either way, either with you the points get, or the other You don't get even under. money back? Well, it's a slight vig. It's a, if, the, if the Patriots are playing the Giants in the Super Bowl and the, and the spread is seven and a half, and you're afraid of the seven and a half, and you just pump it up to 17, and it's the same amount of well, money? Well, that's a three-team teaser. I'm just talking about 10 one. Points. No, you can't. I, that I, don't, I don't do things like that. Yes, some of my friends it's add a point. It's not even money. Some of my, yeah, if, if you go a point. But right. if you're taking a teaser, you have to take two, three, four, five teams together. And in that case, you get six points either way on the line. So you can go, if it's seven, you can go down to one, or you can go up to 13. Or if the under over is 47, you can bring down to 41, and you can go uh, under 54. Teaser's the only way I would go more than three. Three teams is my max for a straight uh, uh, money line or just spread if, par- a parlay. I, I, three, it, three teams pay six to one, and that's pretty good value, but four teams are throwing your money. If away. I'm spending $5 on a bet and the payoff on a six-team teaser that I, I feel yeah, reasonably confident. Six-team teaser? A six-team teaser or a parlay where you take some underdogs, the payoff could be... Well, out of its mind. Five, uh, three to one is six to one. Four to one is, I believe, twelve to one. But if you're taking, if you're betting straight up, and you take a three-team parlay and a team that is, let's say, getting ten points, but you think has a chance to win, so the money line might be a plus three hundred. The payoff can be unbelievable in a three-team parlay. If it's six to, it's three to, it's six to one. No, plus three hundred, whatever it is. What's three hundred? A plus three hundred. I don't know how it is. I just look how much I can win with two other teams involved. Where do you and that's get how pl- I make the decision? What? I have a I have a website. Where do you get the plus three hundred? You go over the money line. You mean that's the money line? Okay, yeah. I got you. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the money it, line or the straight. I'll tell you the money line in the Miami game. If for Miami to win straight up, you take the money line. They're getting two fifty. If you take Florida to win with the money line, you're laying three ten. You are absolutely correct, sir. So if you bet $5, to me, sometimes if you think Miami has a legitimate chance to win the game, they probably won't, but you think they have a chance, take them plus 250 and find some other games involved. You're you... talking about the teaser, though, because I should have... No, the, I now should... I'm talking about parlays. Parlays the is money... not a teaser. I know. Parlays a straight money, a straight yeah, uh, but you could bet take or money line. But you, no, that's no, not altering the set line or that's or a, money line. That's a parlay. If you go teaser, you could take yeah, a two t three four five six, and you take six points, or you can go with a straight three team teaser and take ten points either as way. As a five fifteen uh, Eastern Daylight Standard Time, Miami plus seven and a half, minus one twenty two is the current money line. Money, I have my, uh, for Miami or Florida for Miami. I have Miami straight up. 250 they're getting to win the game. Well, 110 is an even game, right? 110 would be an even game. You're paying a big. Boy, so for every five, you're paying a 50 cents. You know what we got to get for uh, as football season is here now? We need an insider. We got to get an insider with maybe some well, uh, access to a free package. I, I told did, you, I told you, Lori and I's plan. We're gonna put five hundred each into an account. We're gonna sign up to a service, and we're just gonna play their picks and go with the pro. And let the chips fall where they may. Have a little side action, of course, to make things fun. But we're also going to doc- document your picks starting Saturday. Okay. So what is your finalized pick again? Let me get it. Let me get a, a note of paper here because I want to. I really want to keep a, a stringent uh, handle on this because you were, you know, you were running some pretty heavy smack last year that you never lose. Well, I, I of course I lose, but on the overall, I'll win. When you, I'm you not did. betting. Well, what? you did win quite a bit on picks that I didn't take. And I'd say, God 
damn, Jake gave me that and I didn't take it. Why did I take the Bills going in, going into uh, New England plus the 10 and a half? I thought Peterson really had a good look there. Peterman at quarterback. Oh, so for the for the for the record, you like Miami. Well, let, let's first of all, if we were doing, I, of course, there's only two games, so right. this is limited. Most Very likely, limited. I wouldn't touch the game. I am. If I want, look, I'm. Sometimes this comes into play because I don't bet a lot of money. So in the case of this, I have to give you my honest opinion. Because I'm rooting for Miami, but I think Dan Mullen is the real deal and a great decision finally after Urban Meyer left, finally for the Gators. But I don't like the Gators. But in this case, realizing it is Dan Mullen as head coach, I would probably lean by laying the seven and a half and take, because that's what we're doing. You're asking me my picks. We got to give you the line. If you go straight Straight up, up. it's an easy pick. Take Florida. Straight up, I'll take Florida and I'll take Arizona. Florida plus the points. Zona. Plus, even up. You say even up, even up, even if up. If you want to go by the lines, I'd still Yeah, take let's stick f- with the lines because then it can get kind of exotic. All right, so I'd take Florida laying seven and a half, and I'll probably take Hawaii plus the 11 and a half. Hawaii so plus 11 and a half. I'll take the in the first game, and I'll well, take the underdog in the second. To be second. honest, if you're, like, if you're giving out locks. They're not locks. Now, if you're giving out picks, I, would, I want your play for the game. If it's a parlay, if it's a teaser, give me your teaser. If I went teaser, I'd probably take Miami plus the two, I'd probably take the two underdogs. Take the six points and go up. You want the two underdogs teased up. Yeah, that or I'd also go in the Miami-Florida game, I'd probably go over 41. Bring it down from 47 to 41 points and go over. All right, we'll, we'll stick with the two teams teased up. Okay. And, well, if you don't, get, if you don't hit that, Jake, well, next Thursday, it, it all starts. I mean, the plethora. Of games. Of, we've got... Listen to these. When these two teams get together, you can pretty much throw out the record books. As we cut it, we might have to go back to Lindsey Nelson on something like this because get back to your mic. Oh, I'm sorry. I, there I, you go. I monitor. Because you know, when 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 these two teams get together, you know, there's the big rivalries: Michigan, Ohio State, uh, or you know, so Florida, the Gators, and the uh, and the uh, Bulldogs. But really, nothing, and I mean nothing, screams football. Like this Thursday night's big matchup between Gardner-Webb and Charlotte. Gardner-Webb and Charlotte at Jerry Richardson Stadium. It'll be on ESPN 7. I'll give you $20 if you can tell me where Jerry Richardson Stadium, what state's it located in. Uh, $20. Oklahoma. North Carolina. It was Gardner-Webb against Charlotte. And Gardner-Webb, I'm not sure what the hell their mascot is. It looks like a brain with a kerchief on it. That's not an, even a Division Four sco- uh, game right there. Now, what Saturday's game is Ohio State at FAU? Who well, I'm just getting. Or is that Ohio State? I'm starting to uh, b- beat my erection down on the uh, the Thursday Friday lineups. That, How about that, Wisconsin coming into Tampa to play take on the South Florida Bulls? That's a favorite by very, thirteen and a hook. That's a very interesting matchup for the first game. Again, this is what I want. I want to see good games with good teams, not some crap team against a uh, superior team. Michigan State, the Spartans will be living on Tell Us the Time Friday night, favored by 22 and a hook. What do we got on Saturday? This has got to be a big, sexy game. By the way, I will tell you this. You're talking about next Saturday because next this Saturday is only two games. Saturday, yes, but next you look, Saturday. There are certain teams I always look at defense, Michigan State and Wisconsin. A lot of times, especially the first half, you want to look at individual unders, look at that. So if you see a Michigan State game and you like the first half under combined 20 points, 27, take the under when it comes to Wisconsin and Michigan State. Here's an actual 
watchable game. How about South Carolina, North Carolina, Saturday at 3.30? That's probably going to be the CBS matchup. Okay. Alabama plays Duke. That'll be a bloodbath. That's September 7th. Am I correct? 8.31 next, a week from this Saturday. 8.31. Okay. okay. So we got another week of about, college football before the NFL starts. How about the Hokies? Hokies going to Boston College Saturday night. Kind of a fun one. How about Northwestern? My alum taking on Stanford. The battle of the 5.0 grade uh, averages. I'll take, you know what? Boy, Fitzgerald has done such a great job with Northwestern. uh, Making them, you know, maybe not a prominent top, you know, top 10 team. But they're always in the hunt. They're a solid team. But I got to lean towards Stanford in that game. How about if you need it, Florida State with a little early Boise State, right? Boise State only Florida only favored by five. That could be very competitive, Jake. It's all about Taggart. This is Taggart's go-to year. Oh, he's got to go. If if not, oh, it's got. If if they don't come up with at least nine wins this season, maybe lucky enough to get eight will save him. But nine is pretty much. Otherwise, he's. More, uh, two and be, done. I got to be honest. I thought he, he ro- rose the ranks of college and big contracts a little quick. I'll tell you, I thought him leaving USF for Oregon was a mistake. It was. But it landed in in Florida State, and I don't know if he's ready for the job. And last year was just a horrific, I don't remember a season like that for Florida State. Horrific. I mean, he took over some of Jimbo uh, Fisher's guys, and that means there was some talent there, and they were just god-awful. And the quarterback situation still up in the air. It's just crazy. If you need a little Southern SEC action, you can tune in. Georgia, the number three Bulldogs, will be taking on Vanderbilt. They're still reeling from the death of Gloria. You know they're going to wear, uh, in tribute, they're going to wear Gloria Vanderbilt pants the entire season. There you go. And Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper's been brought in especially. That's his mommy. That is his mommy. The other brother couldn't make it. He fell. God, is that a bad joke. It is uh, a no-holds-barred day with Oswald, the sports junkie, and I'm Jake Jacobson as we join you for another 10 or so minutes. You know, we haven't talked touched up with football really heavy duty now. We also got to talk about the wall. No, why are you giving the crickets? Because that joke was so bad. Oh, okay. That was not based on you. Um, What a boat love. I I had no idea the onslaught. You get so caught up in the day, you you don't look far enough ahead. But we got to... a shit ton of, of a sports headed our way. And you got to love this time of year, baby. Well, you got you got playoffs in baseball heading it, you know, jockeying for positions. And that brings us to the Tampa Bay Rays, who are leading the uh, wild card race. And, uh, you know, you got to worry about a slump, though. They had a, a power outage for three games. They yep. couldn't score a run. They get it done today, 7-6 against the Seattle Ball Club. That's a big win because Seattle Jake, sucks. They do suck. And... There couldn't have been. Last night was the third lowest crowd of the season. 6, I promise maybe? you. They said 7,600. It looked like about 700, and it looked less today. Imagine that. A 1 o'clock game. Well, it's school school's now. back in yeah. against the Seattle Mariners. You could have brought 5,000 people and sat right behind anywhere you wanted. It's kind of like, to me, feels like temperature and temperature, right? Right. It's 75 degrees, but it feels like it's 95 it's there's 7600 bought seats but there's only 4000 here that's what i want to know i know what the bought seats are cuz you're telling me tell me about how many people actually entered the premises i can't get a box score on my uh it's not that i can tell you that but i want to know what the actual seating is for I that thought, game i, I don't want to know tickets sold yeah. i want to know how many people are there i thought that changed i thought the mlb instituted you have to give a, a head count that day screw season ticket that numbers that i did not know I don't know. That must be the, the way. Be, 
the, the new policy because you, you hear about the record low crowds early in the season. Earlier in the season, even going back to their worst days of the, the first decade of horrific teams, they hit an all-time low this year. So, you know, it, I'm not going to dig that old, dust that old up, not beating yet. horse down. Not yet. Who the hell? They're just... <laughs> Building that stadium, they didn't. Somebody didn't say, "Hey, why don't we put it on the other side of the bay where all the people are at?" But it's too late now. If they lose that team, Jake, right, I'm going to be beside myself. It's it, now we got four years to really worry about it. We can't discuss it now. Let's no. focus on the team. They're let's, here for the entire season. Let's make the wild card because that's their only option. Yes. Let's win a game in that, and let's play some playoff baseball because oh, that's man. what it's about. And that would pump so much life Absolutely. Into, the, into the force that is going to be the new stadium. If they just peter the season out, this team has played their ass up I do year. like your opti- optimism, though. Don't tell me that a, a, a little bit of a playoff run and a postseason push would pump some life into a ballpark in Tampa. Well, they won 90 games last year. They're well on the way this year. And, There's uh, no reason for this team, place not to get a little excited. And fill, again, stale stadium to me. But still fill it up. Let's get rid of the tarp and the top decks, and let's put some seats in there, fannies in there. What if they play? What if they open up? Let's say get the Yankees or something. Big, a uh, uh, big market squad. Rip them, son of a bitches, and go. Let's get fifty-five thousand in there. I mean, man. You do, well, it's. I think it's only like forty thousand. But you're t- right Two now. Two in every seat. Right now, that's like twenty-three or twenty-four thousand. It could see. Let's let's add. You add another ten. Even if it's ten thousand. That's not only tickets sold for playoffs, which jacks up the prices. You're talking about concessions. You're oh, I'm talking about, you know, a tire. And I'm not talking about car tire. I'm talking about a tire that you wear. Right. I mean, money is to be made. If you Even if you only go one round, that's an additional nice amount of money. Going back to opening day, I was I, I couldn't believe that they didn't have that upper. T- I understand they, they didn't want to staff it all season. But opening day, there was people begging on the street for tickets. Just, just open the upper deck and have some. Most of the people there are volunteers anyways. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But you're right. There's four years. It's not panic time yet, but let's get in the playoffs this year and have a little bit of raised yeah. fever. Into- and who'd have thought with the with the Lightning, with the all time greatest, uh, not only franchise, uh, set an NHL record? Well, the Buccaneers last year there was much much hope of that. Who thought that the Rays would be the hot team, hot ticket to go with in the last two or three years? And they they are. Here's what I would say in regards to what we talked about, and we rightfully were disgusted with it, as most of the fans were of baseball in this area and the Tampa Bay uh, Rays until Montreal actually does something. Cause we haven't heard really diddly squat from them until right. we know there is a contract for a stadium that might be built or a stadium that they're going to play in come 2024. I, again, this might not happen until 2027 when Sternberg finally says, you know what? Nothing's happening. I'm out of here. The contract with Tropicana's field is up. This is my last year. We're going elsewhere. Full time. I've, no I've, split. Well, it's, until that happens, let's not worry too much. Let's focus on we got him for at least another four years. I think the whole thing is a smokescreen. He's I know the, you the do. 13th biggest market in the U.S. Major League Baseball doesn't want to embarrass himself by saying we failed in the 13th biggest city in the, in the uh, U.S. I think the whole the, the Montreal thing is we're not going to go down that road again. It's a big bullshit. It's a big smokescreen. You want to go to Portland? I'll tell you what, Jake. I saw, since we haven't, we weren't on last week, the Rays were out in San Diego, right? And Dave Wills, the, the uh, fine broadcaster for the Rays, did a little video. He videoed himself walking up to the, the uh, Padres press box and that ballpark. Dear God. I said, you know something? I got the solution. Screw Tampa Bay. Sturber can do whatever he wants. 
I'm moving to San Diego. 72 degrees, the most beautiful park you've ever seen in your life. Do whatever you want. I'm, I'm out of here. Keep the humidity and the stupidity, and I'll move out there and be a Padres fan. It was one of the most beautiful sites, the way they have that. I've been there. The, oh, you have the old building in left field, the supply house that they turn into luxury boxes. Well, it's gorgeous. Yeah, no, that's cool. I went there. I stayed at, the, I'm sure it's still called the Omni Hotel, which is attached to the stadium. So you can walk from the hotel. They have a ramp. You show your ticket. You go in. What's great about nice. it is... During the game, you can walk back to the hotel. So if I want to use a bathroom and I want my privacy, I go back to my room. Re-entry? Re-entry and then go back in. It's unbelievable. Say you go back to your room, you pick up some, you know, you know, some medication for your sinus. Whatever. Yeah. Wow. Whatever you want. It was, Scotty and I went out there. Mets were playing a series against the Padres. We started to take a little trip to California. You want, there's a uh, horse track out there, just like Saratoga. Santa Anita? Uh, it's not Santa Anita. It's in San Diego. It starts with a C. I think it's a C. I don't know. I'll find it. Anyway, so we wanted to hit. So we decided. So we decided that we would do it on the weekend that the Mets were in town. And we had a fabulous time. It's just a wonderful city, and the weather is just perfect in the summer. When that, that, you know, know that feeling you get when you're a kid, and I still get it to this day, when you walk up the steps or walk in through the the opening and your eyes feast on that green field for the first time, I don't care if it's the first, hundredth game you've been to that season. It still gives me a rush, Jake. Doesn't it give you a little warm the oh, cockles of your soul? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing like the sights and smell and of a ball game when you walk up that those steps, and there it is. Whether it's hockey, walking oh, into a sea of ice, and the guys, these big, huge, humongous guys skating around, or a basketball court with the lights brimming, or these a football guys game, shooting. and they're out yeah, there. Yeah, I grab love it. Acid. Oh, there's nothing like it. By the way, Delmar, not Delmar. C, with a D. Delmar race is kind of like Saratoga. If you've never been up there, it's fabulous. It's about three from uh, maybe yeah, three and a half, four hours from New York City. It's a fabulous place, and every year, six weeks of the season, one of the great horse. Horse racing institutions of America. No. Delmar is just like that. It's sad to see that the uh, right wing tree, tree, uh, the liberal tree huggers are going to shut down horse racing too. That'll be a, abolished within. Why three does years. everybody think because I'm a Democrat <laughs> that I'm a liberal? I, mean, I know you're not referring to me, but I don't want to shut do down. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know what do people think, that, think of liberals. Well, not every liberal, every Democrat okay, is a liberal. Not every liberal thinks that everything should be shut down. You're right. Let me ask political you this, correctness all the time. All right, it wasn't aimed at you. Relax. I know. I'm just sticking Chris, up for Chris. the Democrats and the liberals of the world. I'm a registered Democrat. I'm one of you. All right. Um, do you think the horse racing will ever come under the scrutiny of PETA and the I, liberal fanatics? It's not going to affect anything, even if they did come under. PETA's, PETA's a little over the top with their, with their feelings about animals, and I, I, I get a little of it, but I don't get a lot of it. I think dog racing ended for a couple of reasons. Sure, there's some cruelty. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of abuse of the animals, and for the, and the other fact that it just it, it was it lost its popularity. There was no money to be made in it, so it's just gone. It's a shame because I love the dogs. I used to love going to the track. Spent 20 years there, man. I loved it. Well, and they better pass that ex- casino expansion, limited casino expansion for Sarasota County. Or you can kiss that card room goodbye and welcome the new Enterprise rental car ups, on Old Bradenton Road. And it would upset your girl, L Square. Well, my God, Jake, we have the nicest beaches in the country. We have some of the nicest restaurants, theater, museums. How about throwing some casino gambling in there? I might. I, I'll tell you, you what. There would be so many people. Oh, you want to go to Biloxi? Fuck that. I no, want to go to Sarasota, Florida, I, man. I, I would love that idea with the option, even though I'm not big. Like, I'll put my $5 bets in. If I go to the if I go to blackjack, I want a five dollar table. I don't want a ten. I'll increase my bets if I'm winning, but I don't want to be even. 
you know, kind of pushed into that or the feeling that I can just hop over there and spend a hundred bucks and then lose it like that. But I do understand it would bring a lot of money into this area, but the infrastructure is horrible. If they're going to build the Sarasota Kennel Club into this major structure, which would be great for Jack Collins and family, and I'm all for it, they got to fix the area because that University Parkway to get there would be bedlam for people to get in. Well, it's no bigger, no bigger crowd than your average Friday matinee at the track. I, I think it would be more consistent. If well, they had gambling plenty, all year round like that. There's plenty of land there available to put. There's hotels right down the street. There's some yeah. nice hotels right but down the, the street. the infrastructure would be tough. The airport's right down the road. People would be flying in. They what, have the hotels there. What about there. all the new hotels a mile down the road downtown? I know, but they got to find an infrastructure because people are going to be driving. They're not be coming from Tampa. And, True. Well, Tampa has their own hard rock, but maybe from St. Pete, maybe from Brainton, from Northport, from, um, you know. I think you build it, and that trailer park across the street would be leveled. There would be a nice Radisson with a sports bar. There would be hotels out the yin-yang. And nothing but cold, hard tax money for Sarasota County. And it'd be win-win-win. Talking about yin-yang, I got to go. All right. I know. I, we I, yin and yang for an hour, we just, man. We just end it like that. But I, I, I got I, things quickly, I got to do. Quickly, your Mets, they were hot. They cooled off a little bit. They're still looking good, though. Any feelings on the Mets since uh, the last two weeks? I told you two weeks ago, I don't really want to talk about it. I want to jinx anything. Hold on. Knock on anything. We can knock on wood. One, two, three. Okay, knocked. Because as we everything is good. They're two games back of the wild card. They got a big game tonight against Cleveland. Month and a half to go. Month and a half to go. They're giving me a summer, and that's all I asked. That's all you can. That's the Rays. The Rays have far exceeded my expectations for this year. There you go. I'm happy as a clam. Yep. Who the Mets have tonight? Oh, they Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh, when the when the Indians and Mets get together, you throw out all their records. Shut up. Fucking you, man. <laughs> Interleague play blows. I like it. I hate it. I like it. I like when the Mets go to an American League team because I get to see a DH, so that's fun. And I like when they come over to the National League and you got to have the other team's team bat. Hey, Jake. Yes. Uh, I think four more online podcasts outlets have added the show because it's getting some movement well this is what we want i mean it's getting and i had nothing to do with it they base it on plays so we keep growing and going and going that's it that's so. why we do our weekly podcast for an hour or so and we go from there it's been a stone groove my man i mean yeah. we could literally go another half an hour of so. course we can go 10 we hours if to we add to you know, 10 hours a little much no that's true all right, uh, there you go. Well, it's been another interesting No Holds Bar day with Ozzy and Jake. And Oz, as always, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it has been a, my pleasure, sir. We didn't even touch your trip to Texas. I take it it went That's well. That's true. We can talk about that next time, next we week. Hey, who it's knows? a generic because uh, I do want to let you know a little bit about Austin. Another thing I want to talk about next week, if I remember, is that my wife and my son went to uh, Amelie Arena this Sunday and saw Adam Lambert and uh, Queen. Queen. I and saw pictures online of uh, my former singer Lisa. She had front row seats. It was unbelievable. They went, uh, my wife and Aaron sat in the uh, suites of, uh, of the radio station. Whoa. So it was very nice. But anyway. I'll bet it was spectacular. They said, my wife said the production was amazing. Lambert didn't try to be Freddie Mercury, and he was phenomenal. He is phenomenal. If there was a role, he was born to play. It was the, to no be the new singer in Queen. No doubt about it. Well, you, I was, my role in life was to be your co-host <laughs> on this show that's gaining more and more popularity. Go to Podbean, Spotify, just go to Google or iTunes and it leads the way. Click and then it's in your box every time you want it. That's right. No holds barred, Ozzy and Jake. When I go to Spotify, it's right up there for it, me to listen. The new one's going to click and play. It's pretty easy. It's a, it's a great society we live in. Jake, I'll see you next week, buddy. All right, pal. For Jay Jacobson, I'm Ozzy the Sports Junkie for the No Holds Barred Podcast with Ozzy and Jake, only on the Sports Junkie Radio Network.